Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefo of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefo is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Another opportunity to gather once again to receive wisdom and instruction from you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We ask for guidance. We ask for impartation. We ask for revelation in your way. We ask, oh God, that you speak to us in a special way. The Lord, you meet our needs as we sit at your presence. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I keep saying that it is important for you to understand why you are at this conference. Amen. Every conference has its aim. When we have prophetic conferences, like beginning of this year, somewhere in February or so, we had a powerful prophetic convention here. And we didn't talk about church growth. Yeah, we're seeing things here. Are you getting that? We brought two prophets into the house. It was not easy here. You know, and so God ministers to us based on the reason for which He has called us and guided us. Hallelujah. Now, at this conference, God has guided us to teach us how to grow our churches. Hallelujah. And I feel very happy in my spirit because I believe that God is filling a certain gap that we need as pastors, as ministries. Hallelujah. I was telling you that I read from ministry today, I believe, a magazine, you know, and uh, the writer was saying that pastors will not tell you, but there are two things that they have in their hearts. Number one, they want their churches to grow. And number two, they want the, their incomes to also increase. Amen. And I believe that it is very true. How many pastors here are here because you believe that you want the Lord to grow your church? Hallelujah. We want our churches to grow. It is very frustrating to struggle with the church. Amen. Bishop Doug always says that when we are a pastor, you are a church man. 
Are you getting that? A doctor specializes in treating sick people. A nurse specializes in caring for sick people. Soldiers are there to defend us from the enemies of our country. Policemen are there to secure peace. That's why they are called peace officers. Through the various things that they do. A pastor is there for the church to make sure that the church works. So as a pastor, you must desire, you know, to be able to do the church in such a way that you also perform greatly as somebody whose business is the church. Can I have an amen? amen. And, and it is very frustrating, you know, when the church is not growing. It brings discouragement. You know, you get to a point where you begin to question whether you are called. Am I called? Amen. How many pastors honestly have gotten to that point already? If you have not gotten to that point, it means that you have just started. But if you have been around for a while, you rather you get to a point that you question your very calling. Hallelujah. Amen. And so that is why we are gathered here. And I believe that by the end of this conference, God will put something on our lives. And our churches will never be the same again. If you believe in what I'm saying, clap your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So, two days ago, I shared with you on the fact that church growth is possible. It is possible because growth is inherent in the church. The church is a living organism. Amen. And every living organism grows. Growth is inherent. It's deposited. It is part. It is a natural part of a living organism. Amen. And so, it is possible for the church to grow. Hallelujah. Amen. And then, yesterday, I explained to you that for your church to grow, you need to have a vision. And not an ordinary vision, but a burning vision. Bishop Musa had earlier explained that a vision is probably the most important thing God gives to me. Amen. And your own pastor was asking me, so, if you are to say one thing that is needed for church growth, only one thing, what would that be? And I said, that is having a vision. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Having a vision. Amen. Once you have a vision that consumes you, you will become your vision. Your vision makes you. You don't make your vision. You bring forth to what you have conceived in you. And that is why Jacob, when he had a few flock, and he wanted the flock to increase and to multiply, he made them to see. 
he made them to see. And they brought forth speckled and spotted frog just as they saw. Hallelujah. So you must have a burning vision, all right, that will serve as an internal engine and will then drive you for you to do the things that will cause your church to grow. And an internal engine, a burning vision, is what will cause you as a pastor to pray, to read your Bible, to attend church growth conferences, to relate with pastors who are anointed with church growth. Amen. That, that is why I keep on bringing Bishop Musa. Amen. Because he carries an anointing. Amen. And that is why I've invited Reverend John Adelican. Because he carries an anointing. He has a huge church. You don't build a huge church by just speaking and learning. It is a grace. Hallelujah. If you want to become a rich man, you must associate with people who understand how to create wealth. If you associate with a poor man, you cannot become a rich man. I want to speak to you on probably what I personally believe is the most important key for church growth. And tonight I'm talking about the Holy Spirit and supernatural growth. The Holy Spirit and supernatural church growth. Amen. Now, what it is is that God wants our churches to grow. Amen? He wants our churches to grow. He sent his son to come and die for the whole wild world of billions of people. And God wants as many people as possible to be saved. Amen. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9, the Bible says that it is not the will of God that any should perish but that all but that all will come to repentance. Now, if all people came to repentance we will not have spaces in our churches. And yet, that is what God wants to do. He said in Psalm 2 and verse 8 ask of me and I will give you the hidden for thy inheritance. The hidden, the unbelievers. And the uttermost part of the earth for thy possession. Amen. He said, I will yet of this be inquired for by the house of Israel to do it for them. I would multiply them with men like a flock. Are you getting that? Eh? Now, God wants our churches to grow. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming. And we are at the period of the end time harvest of lost humanity. If you are a pastor, you must know that God expects you to be an active participant and a powerful contributor to the harvesting of the end time lost souls. Amen? There are so many people that are not saved. And they must be reaped into the kingdom. 
The Bible said that this gospel shall be preached as a witness to all nations. Matthew 24, 14. And then Jesus will come. Now, that mandate for the gospel to be preached across the world is what has come to be known as the Great Commission. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20, Luke 24, 47, Mark 16, 15, Acts 1, 18, John 20, 21, in all these places indicated that we must go into the whole world to go to preach so that lost people will come into the kingdom of God. The church is the only institution on earth that has been mandated to be concerned with the salvation of the souls of men. The church is the only institution on earth that has been mandated, that has been called to be concerned with the salvation of the souls of men. And if we fail in that duty, we have failed God. Hallelujah. So God wants so many people to come into the kingdom. And we must preach. But God realized that we cannot undertake this assignment on our own. And therefore, he has sent to us a special divine person on earth who has been sent to come to help us to reap the end time harvest, start the churches, grow the churches, and build large churches. And his name is the Holy Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now what you must understand is that we cannot build large churches without the influence of the Holy Spirit. It is not possible. You see, when we talk about church growth, the church can grow in different ways. We can have regular growth. Regular growth. You know, you are just there from time to time. A few people add over a long period. You know, so it's like the church grows, but it's very tenuous. And then even the church can grow through biological growth. Yeah. As the members, as the pastor himself gives birth, and his members give birth, and we add all the children, the church is also growing. Hallelujah. But the type of growth that we need for our churches is supernatural growth. Supernatural growth. A growth that happens by the hand of God himself and by the influence of God himself. Now, that supernatural growth of the church is orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. That is the type of growth that the apostles experienced in the book of Acts. Amen. From 
11 people who joined the other disciples in the upper room to be 120 at 115 on the day of Pentecost under the influence of the Holy Spirit 3,000 people were supernaturally eh, added to the kingdom yeah 3,000 people in Acts chapter 2 verse 41 by Acts chapter 4 another 5,000 had been added another 5,000 had been added amen I hear you go home by Acts chapter 5 verse 14 Acts chapter 6 verse 1 Acts chapter 11 verse 21 now the church was being counted in multitudes. That is supernatural growth. Now that type of growth eh, is the work of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And I am believing God that the Holy Spirit will take over your church. That the Holy Spirit will take over the activities of your church and orchestrate supernatural growth in your church. Can I have an amen? amen. Hallelujah. And therefore, it is important for us to know, rely, partner, work, and depend on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. One of the reasons why our churches are not growing is because we are not working with the Holy Spirit. We are not working with the Holy Spirit. Now, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Why must we work with the Holy Spirit? We must work with the Holy Spirit because, listen to this, this is the key of everything that I'm saying tonight. If you can understand this statement that I'm going to make, alright, you are blessed. The reason why we must work with the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit is in charge of the work of building the church. He's the boss. Jesus called him the Lord of the harvest. In Matthew chapter 9, from verse 35, the Bible said that Jesus went about into all their cities and into all their villages, preaching in their synagogues, teaching and healing. Verse 36, and when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for they were like sheep without shepherd and they were fainted and scattered. Then Jesus says something very important. Everybody look at verse 38. He says something very important in verse 38. Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. When Jesus saw the multitudes that had to be saved, and when Jesus saw that the laborers were few, he turned to the disciples and said, look, for this harvest to be reaped, you need to invoke the help, the assistance of the Lord of the harvest. Now, if Jesus spoke about the Lord of the harvest, it was evident that he was not speaking about himself. He was not speaking about himself. 
Jesus was speaking about somebody else who was going to come to help the disciples. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the Lord in charge of winning souls and bringing them into the church, establishing them and causing the churches to grow. Look at Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. Hallelujah. Now the Bible said, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Now, I like the contemporary English version of this verse. Listen. It said, The church in Judea, Galilee, and Samaria now had a time of peace and kept on worshiping the Lord. The church became stronger as the Holy Spirit encouraged it and helped it grow. As the Holy Spirit encouraged it and helped it grow. So, it is the Holy Spirit that helped the church to grow. The Holy Spirit is in charge of growing the church. The Holy Spirit is in charge of the harvest. You will remember that in Acts chapter 13, the Bible says that certain prophets and teachers at Antioch were fasting and praying and ministering unto the Lord. Then suddenly, what did the Holy Spirit say? And as they ministered, verse 2, to the Lord and fasted, listen to that. The Holy Ghost said, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. For the work whereunto I have called them. He said, separate unto me, Barnabas and Paul, I have a certain work for them. You can only call some people into a work that you have for them if the work belongs to you. Amen. And then, look at verse 3. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Who sent them away? The prophets and the teachers who were there. But look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. So they being sent forth by whom? By the Holy Ghost. By the Holy Ghost. Why? Because as they were laying their hands on them, they were laying their hands on people that the Holy Spirit has selected. And so their going was being orchestrated not by those human hands, but by the Lord of the harvest. May the Holy Spirit operate. May you give him the opportunity to operate and have his way in your church as the Lord of the harvest. The Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. In fact, the church of Jesus Christ was truly born when the Holy Spirit came. The church was truly born when the Holy Spirit came. Because not until he came 
there was not going to be anybody to lead, to head that work. What am I trying to tell you? That we need to understand that we can build nothing on our own. Paul said, I have planted, Apollo has watered, but God gave the increase. So then, it is not I or Apollos who is anything, but God that brings the increase. It is very important for us to recognize the place of the Spirit of God in this whole thing that we are doing because he's in charge. In fact, the Holy Spirit himself was the helper in Jesus' ministry. Now listen to this. Listen, listen to this. Jesus did not attempt to do ministry until he received the help of the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself did not attempt to do ministry until the Holy Spirit came to help him. Jesus, for the first 30 years on earth, did no ministry. Until the Bible says that, and when Jesus himself began to be about 30 years, one time in Luke, look at Luke chapter 3 from verse 21, when people were being baptized, Jesus also came around. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved son, indeed I'm well pleased. This was the first time the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. Even though he had been on earth for 30 years. And immediately he received the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1 that Jesus returned full of the Holy Spirit from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he fasted and prayed for 40 days building himself and preparing himself for the work ahead under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And in Luke chapter 4 verse 14, the Bible said, look at it, Luke chapter 4 verse 14, the Bible said, and Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee and then went out a fame of him through all the region ran about. Then on Sunday, he entered the synagogue. In Luke chapter 4, from verse 16, he went into the synagogue. And when it was time for the word to be read, the scroll was given to him and he opened to a place where he read. Now, this is what he said. He told the people, he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. Now, what was he saying? This is what he was saying. Jesus was making a significant statement. I have been with you people for the past 30 years. You have known me first as a carpenter's son and as a carpenter myself. I walk around with you here and all that, but I want to announce to you people that from today, I am a different person. From today, I can preach, I can heal, I can deliver, I can bless. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord God has come upon me. Jesus did not attempt to do ministry until, and 
analyzed the Holy Spirit, the Lord of the harvest came upon him. And I want to submit to you that you cannot do ministry. You cannot grow your church unless and until you have allowed the Holy Spirit to help you. For it is not by might. It is not by power. It is not by ability. It is not by calculations. Building the church is not by implementing business tricks. Hmm. Dr. Cho says, pastors try to use gimmickry to do the church. But he says, you do not build the church through gimmickry. The person who builds the church is the Holy Spirit of the living God. Using us as his vessel. Clap your hands for Jesus. Somebody. Hallelujah. Now, when Jesus finished his ministry and he was leaving, he called his disciples. Then he said, the work that I was doing, I want you to go and do the same work. I want you to go around Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world, preaching, teaching, healing, gathering people. And when he told them that, even before he could finish, they had started going and said, wait. He told them, he told them in Luke chapter 24 and verse 49, he said, don't go now, but tarry ye in Jerusalem, because I am going to send unto you the promise of the Father. He said, I will send, behold, I will send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. This is verse 49. In verse 47, he had told them that they should go about preaching. But wait. Just as I waited, you need to wait. You need to wait. Wait. Amen? Then he explained to them in John chapter 16. Look at John chapter 16. From verse 15. He said, if you love me, keep my commandment. And I will ask the Father, alright, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. Who is this comforter? That he may abide with you forever. In verse 17, even the spirit of truth. Even the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I shall not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. That is what Jesus was saying. When I go, I will ask the Father to send you another, the word comforter, one of the greatest translations of that word is the word helper. I will ask the Father to send you another helper. Amen? Who will come and be with you and help you in this work that I want you to do. When Jesus sent you to Kaswa, when Jesus sent you to Awoshi, when Jesus sent you to Kaneshi, wherever Jesus has sent you to go and plant his church and build his church, he knew that you need a helper. That helper 
is the Holy Spirit. Amen? So not only was the Holy Spirit a helper to Jesus himself, but he promised the Holy Spirit to them as their helper too in the work of the ministry. Now, this for me is the tragedy that has happened in the church. Yeah. You see, pastors are trying to force in the ministry. Amen. We are trying to use all kinds of tricks, schemes, worldly ideas to try to build a church. But I said, you say, you cannot build any church. Jesus said, I will build my church. The church is not built by a human being. The church is built by the Lord himself. Because the church is his body. And he's the head. He's the head. He knows how to build a church. We are just vessels. What is your role? You are just a vessel. You are a vessel. You are a vessel. Now, when you take a drinking cup in the house, when the cup rises up in the morning, it does not decide whether it will go to the kitchen or the bedroom or the dining hall or for water to be poured into it for this person or that person or that person. What the vessel does is that it just stands where it is and as and when the owner needs it, the owner sends it around. We are vessels. We need to relate to the Holy Spirit. We need to ask him for wisdom, for guidance. What to do? How to do it? Where to go? That is the reason why he's here. The Holy Spirit, listen to me. The Holy Spirit is a divine person in our lives. It's a divine, real person in our lives. Who hears? Who talks? Who instructs? Who commands? Who teaches? Who guides? That is the reason why he's here. He was a helper to Jesus. And Jesus told them, you cannot go and build my church. You need the helper. Wait for him to come. Wait for him to come. And then he will help you. Hallelujah. And that is what we need to do. We need to allow the spirit of God to use us. Amen? Amen. Now, how does the Holy Spirit help us in building the church? He does many things. He does many things. In fact, the Holy Spirit is a person who draws lawsuits for us to preach to them. Any genuine pastor would tell you that he or she does not understand or know how people gather in the church. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know how people came into the church? But people have come. People have come. That Gathering is the work of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that gathers them. Sometimes he rushes them in like a wind. Because he himself is a wind. Amen? So sometimes he rushes them in like a wind. When your church is experiencing supernatural growth, you don't know what happens. Some empty chairs that have been in the corner for a long time. You come to church one Sunday and the place is full. And it remains full for the rest of the time. 
the Holy Spirit has rushed some people. And that is what he did. In Acts chapter 2, look at Acts chapter 2, verse 6. When the Holy Spirit came as a mighty rushing wind. What happened? The Bible said that the people gathered from all across the city. They gathered. And suddenly, from verse 6. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. The multitude came together and were confounded because that every man spake in his own language. People from different places in the city, when the Holy Spirit entered the upper room, the commotion that he created, his arrival, his, his, his baptizing of the apostles and causing them to speak in, it created so much noise that people guarded and gave the disciples the opportunity to preach to them. It is the Holy Spirit that gathers people. That is how he helps you. And that is why you need to pray to him. That is why Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Invoke the help of the the Holy Spirit. That was what he was saying. Call for his help. Ask him to help you. Ask him to gather the people. You see, pastors, you want people to come to church on Sunday? You want people to come to church on Sunday? Please, on Saturday, you can't be watching video games. Yeah, you can't be watching things. You, you can't be moving around. Yeah. Korean pastors are known to have the largest single churches. 250,000. 150,000. These are churches that they have. And they spend Saturday afternoons into the night praying. Praying. Asking the Holy Spirit to gather the people. If you are going to depend on the Holy Spirit, he will gather the people by his wind. Just as God sent a wind in the desert to gather the quails. Look at Numbers chapter 11 and verse 31. When Israel wanted to eat quails, they were in the desert, the quails were in the sea. Okay? And Israel said, we want to eat meat. And the Bible says, and they went forth and went from the Lord and brought quails and went, take note, and brought quails. He gathered the quails from the seas and brought them away. And brought the quails from the sea and let them fall by the camp. As it were a day's journey on, on this side and as it were a day's journey on the other side. Run about the camp and as it were two cubits upon the face of the earth. The Lord sent and went right to the sea to gather the quails. May the Holy Spirit blow the people wherever the people are. May he blow them from the north. May he blow them from the south. May he blow them from the west. May he blow them from the east and bring them to your church. Can I have an amen? He gathers. Now, when people have not gathered, you have nobody to preach to. The Holy Spirit's work is to gather them. <laughs> it's to gather them. Pastor, when you see people in your church, don't feel too proud. You didn't do it. Give glory to God. Give glory to God. 
Because he did it. He brought the people. He guided the people. Wow. He guided. Sometimes he speaks into their ears. He whistles. <laughs> Go to church. Go to that program. Yeah. Sometimes he whistles. He whistles into their ears. An unbeliever is sitting somewhere. There's a program going. He's like, get up, get up, get up. Go to that program. He whistles to them. Now, haven't you seen that when the wind is blowing very strongly, there's a whistling noise. In fact, God even said in Isaiah chapter 5. Look at Isaiah chapter 5, verse 26. He said he will do that to gather the people. He said, he said, he said, and he will lift up an ensign to the nations from far. The nations are very far. They are very far. The people are scattered all over. Where you have your church, you have multitudes spread all over. How are they going to gather? God says, and I will lift up an ensign to the nations from afar and will hiss unto them. I will whistle to hiss me. God says, I will hiss unto them. And when he hisses unto them, what will happen? And he says, I will hiss unto them from the end of the earth. And behold, they shall come with speed swiftly. I see them coming. I see them coming with speed swiftly. God says, I'll, I'll just... Hey, in the middle of the night, Pastor, as we are sleeping Sunday, the Holy Spirit is hissing. He's hissing. He's hissing. He's hissing. He's hitting. And then, look at the words that God used. He said, and they shall come with speed. How many of you would like your people to come with speed? But God said that under the influence of the Holy Spirit, they will not only come with speed, but they will come also swiftly. Double speed. Now, how many pastors have seen this? Normally, when we go to church on Sunday, and the people are coming to church, your church is 50 50 members. The service starts at 8 o'clock. Around 8.30 Then some three souls appear And come and sit down A service that is supposed to start at 8 Then around about 8.45 You see some two Coming And then you see them even standing by the roadside Chatting Chatting It takes a long time And you'll be sitting there and wondering Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord but God said that's why I send the Holy Spirit I send the Holy Spirit so that he will help you to bring the people in a very swift manner yeah yeah from now till next year's church good conference you are going to see a difference you are going to see a difference as you allow the Holy Spirit to be involved, you are going to see a difference because the Holy Spirit is going to bring the people speedily and swiftly. Amen. He guides the people. I'm trying to explain to you how the Holy Spirit helps us to win the loss and to gather them, and how He brings the increase. Because Acts chapter 9 verse 31 says that the Holy Spirit helped the churches to grow. We need his help. 
We need his help. Now, when he gathers the people, another thing that the Holy Spirit does is that he, he brings a conviction on them as we are preaching the word. How many of you remember how you were saved? You had heard the message many, many times, but one particular day, when you heard it, the thing really hit you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He brings conviction. He brings conviction. It's the Holy Spirit who tells you that, look, you are guilty. The Holy Spirit tells a sinner, you are guilty. You better listen to what the man is saying. You are guilty. Amen. Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse 8 about the Holy Spirit that when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of judgment, and of righteousness. Look at me. You cannot convict anybody. You can shout. You can cry. You can threaten. Are you getting what I'm saying? Alright. And young pastor was asking me, you know, about a problem. A problem in his church. He said, how do I do such a problem? And I told him, the only power that a man of God has is the word of God. When you preach the word of God, the Holy Spirit will bring conviction to the people. He brings conviction. He brings conviction. He brings conviction. Amen. Not only does he bring conviction, but under that strong conviction, their hearts are open. Their hearts are open by the Holy Spirit for them to accept what we are saying. And especially in our world today, where there's a lot of cynicism, for the gospel. We need the Holy Spirit to open the hearts. We need the Holy Spirit to open the hearts of people. To open the hearts of people. Amen. Look at Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Let's pick it from verse 10. Alright? Acts chapter 16 and from verse 10. And after you have seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, losing from trials, we came with a straight course to Samothracia and the next day to Neapolis. And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony, and we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat and spake unto the woman which we sorted thither. Look at verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Titeria, which worshipped God, heard us, heard us, whose heart, look at that, whose heart, the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. When the Bible said the Lord opened, it's not talking about Jesus Christ. It's not talking about God the Father. You see, the Trinity all have their roles. God the Father is a commanding officer. He's in heaven. He gives the command. God the Son is sitting at the right hand of God right now. Jesus is not on earth. Jesus is in heaven. He ever lived to make intercession for us. That's the work of Jesus. The person who is on earth today, working with a believer, working with a pastor, working in the church, 
is the Holy Spirit. We need to understand that. We need to understand that. Sometimes Jesus gets confused. He just come, 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 come. He gets, he gets confused. He gets confused. Come. He gets confused. As, as the pastor is struggling with the church member. As the pastor is struggling with the church member. And Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to him. And he, Jesus himself, is sitting with the Father in heaven. And then the pastor is having a problem building the church. And then he sees the pastor kneeling down. Come and kneel down. Kneel down. Kneel down. And then cry to Jesus. Cry. Kneel. Here, here. Turn to him. Turn to Jesus. And cry to him. What should I do? And Jesus is wondering, what is wrong with this guy? What is wrong with this guy? What is wrong with this guy? I have sent him the helper. I have sent him the helper. If you want solutions, answers, Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. How many of you understand that? The church is not growing. You are crying to Jesus. Look, Jesus is wondering, what is wrong? The angels are surprised. There's a guy. There's a guy. Ever since he came, listen, at the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has not left. On the day, the church will be taken up to heaven. His work will have been done. The Holy Spirit will go. That is why in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14, Paul says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, but the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you. The communion. We need to have communion with the Holy Spirit. Communion comes from the Greek word koinonia. It means fellowship. Fellowship. It means partnership. It means sharing. It means participation. It means pa- partnership. Partnership with the Holy Spirit. When it comes to our lives on earth. Alright? Allow him to be the commander. Somebody said, but I thought Jesus and the Spirit are one. Yes, you are right. The Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus Christ. But he has his own personality and his own role. What are you saying, Bishop? What are you saying? I'll explain to you. I'll explain to you. When you really, really want to drink water to quench your thirst, which one will help you? Water in the form of vapor or water in the form of liquid. Vapor is water. Liquid is water. But when it comes to what is needed to help your test, it is liquid water. Not vapor. When it comes to building the church, winning the lost, doing the work of the church, the person who is involved, Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Clap your hands for Jesus, somebody. Amen? I'm talking about how the Holy Spirit helps. 
to build a church. He gathers the people. When he gathers the people and we are preaching, he brings conviction. He opens their heart so that we accept what we are doing. Amen. As a matter of fact, he helps us by empowering us to preach and to teach and to heal. The power to preach, the strength, the utterance comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Do you remember Peter? Who during the trial of Jesus, a little girl pointed to him and said, look, you better stop what you are doing there. Whose daughter is this? The person should come for her daughter before I slap her daughter. Fearful. Fearful. This Peter, the Bible says, when the people started, you know, criticizing and remembering against them and laughing at them, in Acts chapter 2, from verse 14, all right? And Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and spoke. This same Peter, where did that strength come from? He had just been anointed by the Holy Spirit. He had just been empowered by the Holy Spirit. This same Peter, he and John entering the temple where they saw a man who had been lying down there for years. Lame. And Peter and John looked at them as the man was begging for money and said, we don't have money. But then they said, such as we have, we'll give it to you. Boldness. Rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Hey, it's not easy to see a lame man and then you just say, rise up and walk. It takes boldness, empowerment. When they were arrested and put before the Sahindrin, and they were told, preach not in the name of Jesus Christ again. They said that whether we should please men or God, you decide. But we cannot but to speak of the things that we have heard and seen. We cannot. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 14 and verse 13 that when they looked at them, then they realized that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They came to the conclusion that these guys had been with Jesus. As they had been with Jesus, the thing that was on Jesus eventually had rubbed on them also. Pastor, preaching is not lecturing. You need power. Your preaching must change somebody. Yeah. Your preaching must change somebody. And that is possible under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Gospel preached without the power of the Holy Spirit can change nobody. That is why Paul, under the anointing, he was very anointed, said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power that can change people. That's how the Holy Spirit helps. Not only that, he helps us by working miracles, signs and wonders to bring faith into the heart of unbelievers. Hallelujah. In Mark chapter 16 verse 20, the Bible said they went everywhere preaching, the Lord also working with them and confirming the word with signs. With signs. Amen. Look at Acts chapter 13 from about verse 6, very quickly. As I end. The Holy Spirit and supernatural church growth. 
He is the one who orchestrates the church group. Through all these means that I'm describing to you. And when they had gone through the aisle onto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul, and listen to that, and desired to hear the word of God. The governor of that area, during uh, Paul's first missionary journey, Yes, of them, calls for them, wanted to hear the gospel. Wanted to hear the gospel. And then what happens? But Elimas, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them or opposed them. Why? Seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Because he knew that if this man heard the word of God, something will happen to him. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he opposed. He opposed. Amen? Alright? Then, Saul, who also is called Paul. Now look at the next thing. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. In other words, anointed. Anointed. Paul was anointed. Paul was under the influence of the Lord of the harvest. Paul was in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit, set his eyes on him and said, Oh, full of subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, would thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. And what was the effect of that? What was the effect of that? Then, the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed. 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 Being astonished of the doctrine of the law. He had not seen such power before. Eh? Pastor, don't become a lecturer at your church. Amen. The time has come for you to add signs and wonders, miracles, healing to your ministry. Why? Why? Because your ministry must look like the ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't only preach. He didn't only teach. But he also healed. He was a man of miracles. He was a man of signs and wonders. One time, um, he was with the disciples. In Mark chapter 4, I believe. And they were on, on the boat. In the boat on the sea. And then the wind started blowing. Water started coming into the boat. The disciples rushed to Jesus and said, Master, carry us not thou that we perish. And the Bible said, Jesus rose up, rebuked the winds and the storm, and there was a great calm. They, they started looking at one another and said, they asked, what manner of man is this? What manner of man is this? He didn't only preach. He didn't only teach. Jesus was a miracle worker. He was a sign and wonders worker. What is the purpose of that? For some people, that is what will open their heart for them to believe. Who is the, who is the originator of the miracles and then the power and then the, the healings? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit out of your ministry, you can't do much. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit guides the people. He brings conviction to their hearts. He opens their hearts for them to receive. He works miracles, signs and wonders, healing miracles for the unbeliever to believe. Amen. Not only that, the Holy Spirit is our partner in this ministry. He is our partner. If somebody is your partner, what does that mean? It means you work, you work, with the, you, are, you, you, you have meetings. <laughs> you exchange ideas. And all throughout the early church, you realize the Holy Spirit being with them. Being with them. All the time. When Ananias and Sapphira came to deceive the disciples, Peter said, why did you sin against the Holy Spirit? He asked him. He didn't say, you have sinned against us. He said, why? Why have you sinned against the Holy Spirit? In Acts chapter 15, when there was a confusion in the church, and some people were asking the Gentile believers to get circumcised before their salvation could be authenticated, the matter came to the Jewish council. And they sat and they discussed. And in their report to the Gentile nations, you saw partnership. Look at Acts chapter 15, verse 28. When the matter had been discussed, and now they were writing a letter by the hand of Silas and some other people to send. This is what they said. Look at that. Look, look at that. They said, For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us not to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. It looked good to the Holy Ghost unto us. In other words, when we sat and we were discussing this issue, we and the Holy Spirit were in partnership. We're in partnership. We're in partnership. As a partner, one of the things that he will do is that he will lead you to the ripened harvest. Why must you preach? What programs must you have in church? Do you see? To bring growth. What, 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 what topics must, must you preach about? These are not matters that you just wake up and take a, a sermon that you have heard another preacher preaching and you are blessed and just, just go to preach. What programs? You hear that Bishop in Temple is having church go conference. So when you also live here and go, alright, you decide to have church go conference in your church. Listen, it may be a good idea, but God is not looking for a good idea. God is looking for an idea that comes from him. Yeah. There must be partnership. You will see that as a partner, and then, not only see a partner, he's a boss. In every partnership, a proper working partnership, there must be a senior one. And since he's the boss of the harvest, he's the boss. Dr. Cho wrote a book, The Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. Yeah. Bishop was telling us at the ISI about his experience with Dr. Cho. When he came to Ghana, he was going to preach at the Independence Square. He said, as he sat with him in the vehicle, from the airport to the crusade ground, there's only one thing that he heard the man saying. He kept on saying, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. 
Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. You see, because he knew that he needed a partner. He needed a partner. The Holy Spirit went with the disciples preaching everywhere. Acts chapter 16, they wanted to go to uh, Phrygia. He said no. Bettina, he said no. Messiah, he said no. The Holy Spirit said no. 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 Who tells you where to go and preach? How did you come by that idea? How did you come by that idea? It is only through communion of the Spirit of God that you can get the idea. He said in Psalm 32 and verse 8, he said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou should go and I will guide you of my eyes. He wants to instruct you. He wants to teach you and then when you are actually doing the thing, he wants to guide you also. We make so many mistakes because most of the things that we are doing is our own ideas, our own wisdom. And that is why we make mistakes. As pastors, we take decisions. We fail. We fail in our decisions because we have abandoned the helper. Hallelujah. He prevented them from going to other mission fields. Then he directed them to Macedonia. Amen. When you, when you examine the maps of Paul's missionary journeys, you realize why the Holy Spirit was sending Paul to Macedonia. Bettina, Messiah, Phrygia, Galatia, Ephesus, all these were in a part of the world then called Asia Minor. Asia. Macedonia was in current Greece. The other side, Europe. The Holy Spirit was trying to bring the gospel to Europe. And Paul and the rest wanted to limit it to Asia. And he said, no, I want to go to Europe. Let me ask you a question. Which continent has brought the gospel to the worldwide nations of the world? More than Europe. Which nation? The Basel mission. The Wesleyan missions. And all these missions, where did they come from? Europe. God was orchestrating a plan to bring the gospel to the whole wide world. And he knew that once the gospel was introduced to Europe, it would be done. But Paul said, I want to stay in Asia. And the Holy Spirit said, I am the senior partner. We are not staying in Asia. We are going to Europe. The Holy Spirit and supernatural church groups. I pray for you. I pray for you. I pray that God will open your eyes. Stand to your feet and lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Speak right now to the Holy Spirit. Come on. Speak to the Holy Spirit. Tell him. Tell him how much you have abandoned him. How much you have abandoned him. How much you have abandoned him? How much you have abandoned him? And tell him, I am coming back. I am coming back. I am coming back. Lift up your hands and begin to speak to the Holy Spirit right now.
tonight may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost the communion of the Holy Ghost Jesus said pray to the Lord of the harvest look at me everybody look at me everybody tonight for just a few seconds I want you to pray this prayer that Jesus asked you to pray he said pray ye to the Lord of the harvest in other words ask for his help invoke his presence lift up your hands and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you in your work ask the Holy Spirit to help you ask the Holy Spirit to help you ask the Holy Spirit to help you have been blessed by this message we invite you to worship with us at the lighthouse chapel international light of the world cathedral college opposite the college main gate our service times are early rain service 6 30 to 8 15 a.m love and hope service local languages services from 7 30 to 9 30 a.m love and faith service from 9 30 to 11 30 a.m our vibrant youth church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiries, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again. 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289 God bless you to glorify your